Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 45 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, chronic pain specialist. And as always, this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. All right, y'all, I cannot believe next week is Thanksgiving. I just like looked at my calendar and I was like, holy crap. But with that, I wanted to say a few things. It's whether or not you're into Black Friday stuff, you know what? I got some good deals coming out. I really have not done much in terms of Black Friday specials in the past. Um, And this year, I'm actually kind of going all in. And I have some really, really exciting and freaking badass offers and specials and like discounts or whatever you want to call it. So if you have been debating working with me, this is your chance, holy crap, to do so at some really, really awesome price points. And there'll be even some packages that just aren't normally available at all either. So super, super awesome time to do so. But to get access to these, you need to be on my Black Friday email list. And so to do that, I'm going to link in the show notes. You can also go to my Instagram. It'll be in the link in my bio to do that. But the link will also be in the show notes. Make sure you are signing up to get access to these deals. A lot of them are really limited spaces, as in some of them aren't. Some are as many people can, but some of them are like, you know, two people can have a slot. I haven't worked out all the details yet. I need to figure that out. But there are some that are really limited. Um, So please, please, please make sure you are on that list. That is how you will get access to them. I'm not sure I'm going to be posting them anywhere else. So if you are not on that list, you will not see them and you will not get the opportunity to join in on some freaking fantastic ways to start addressing your chronic pain, to start healing your chronic, chronic pain, to reclaim your life from chronic pain through these specials. So get on that list, do it now before you forget. And I will then send them all out next week at some point. All right, getting into today's episode. Today's episode, oh man, I'm like, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm gonna like uh, be, I, I got lots of notes. I'm, it, might, it might need to be a two-parter. We'll see what we can accomplish. But if you have been in the chronic pain world, if you have read um, Alan Gordon's book, which is fantastic, you know, done any of Dr. Schubiner's work, curable work, really, and there's like so many people I could probably mention. Those are just the people that I happen to be most familiar with. They all speak to something called somatic tracking. Now, somatic tracking, I am using that term because it's just kind of what's been popularized in the somatic or in the chronic pain world. Um, It's embodiment work. It's really you know, listening to your body. It's all the same thing. It's just putting a name to it. So I'm going to call it somatic tracking just because I think that is the familiar term. Now I have a whole episode on how to somatic track. Um, and I teach it very specifically in my courses as well, which again, by the way, big discounts coming, coming up. If you want to learn way, way more detail than what's here on the podcast. Um, That would be in my courses or by working one-on-one with me, of course, too. But today we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about what to do if you're having trouble somatic tracking, because I see this a lot. 
I have, I'm getting an influx of people now that this is becoming more popularized, which is fantastic. They're like, oh, great. Now I've, I've read the book. I've taken whatever random course I've read XYZ online, or maybe they've listened to my podcast and they're like, but I can't somatic track. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Every time I go to try to listen to my body, it doesn't work. It doesn't make my pain better. And now I'm stuck. And I think that's a really, really hard place to be, right? It feels like now you've really tried everything. Like this was supposed to be the last ditch effort and that doesn't work, right? And I want to let you know, oh my gosh, one, you are not alone. You are so not alone at all. This is so incredibly common and was my story as well. I, I didn't know it as somatic tracking at the time, but anything that was related to like feel into your body or what's going on in your chest or what's, you know, try to, you know, name, name what you're feeling, like it never worked. And so the way I work with it tends to be kind of different than how a lot of people work with it because I work with it from the perspective of, or I'm used to working with it when it doesn't feel safe or possible to do. And many of my clients, when they're coming to me, they're in this realm of like, I've read about it, I've tried it, and it hasn't worked. And I want to say, don't give up on this. Because ultimately, what's the point of somatic tracking or whatever you want to call it is to just get to know yourself better. The point of somatic tracking is, to, is, is an access to your inner world, your inner guidance, your inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it. It is yourself. It is knowing yourself. So there is no giving up on it. There is no like, oh, sorry, that didn't work. Ultimately, knowing yourself and having access to your own body and a deep connection with your own body is always beneficial. There's a reason why pretty much every ancient wisdom almost every single healing modality that you can find all somehow comes back to turning inwards. Again, they might use different words. They might have different phrases around how they say this. They might um, have different ways of doing it. But ultimately, it's all about this mind-body connection to get to know yourself, to be with yourself. Because what else, what else is the point of living otherwise? Like, you're you. You're the only person you're going to be with for the rest of your life, right? You're going to have all kinds of other fun stuff on top of that. And you're in this body right now. So why not get to know it a little bit better? And so I want to troubleshoot somatic tracking and talk about some reasons why it doesn't seem to work. Because I think it's, it's just more common and not talked about enough. All right. So number one, you do not yet have the nervous system safety to somatic track. Now, what that means, and I actually think this one can happen at a much more um, analytical or cognitive intellectual level, which probably listeners here will love. Like this one, you get to intellectualize a little bit. For the most part, if you have been taught that it is not safe 
or it is not okay to have emotions or to feel things, or you have been taught that feeling things is bad or wrong, your body is not going to want to somatic track because it's exactly what you're doing is feeling things, right? Your body's like, nope, I'm just going to block it. So the second you try to somatic track and, and emotions or sensations come up, you shut it down. because You're like, holy shit, these are bad. These aren't supposed to happen. Oh my God, something's gone wrong. And so it's like, you shut it down. Like, it's just like, whoop, look away, look away, look away. Wasn't supposed to feel anything. So what I want to say is it's actually the point. The whole point of somatic tracking is to feel things, but to feel things in a way that they aren't so scary and flooding your system. So let's just let your brain know right now that with somatic tracking, it's actually safe. That we actually purposely want to set up our safety to start with. And I have multiple episodes about this. I would recommend listening to the nervous system safety one. Um, gosh, I think I have another one early on that, that even goes through a, a finding safety resources. I will try to link it in the show notes, um, which, which ones those are. So listen into those for more detail. I don't want to go into that, but really finding your, your physical safety first, as in like, Hey body right here. And right now I am not going to get mauled by a bear. I'm not going to get attacked. I am safe where I am. And anything that comes up while it might be painful, while I might feel things, it is not going to physically cause me harm. And it might sound kind of silly and you can even like laugh at it and like make it funny and silly as you're doing this if that's what comes up. If not, if that's not what comes up then you don't need to make it funny. But, but really your body equates oftentimes feeling things in your body with physical harm. Whether or not that was something from your past or just an assumption your nervous system made at some point, it's irrelevant. Those links are there. There is a lack of safety to feeling into our body. So our body's just like, I'm just not going to feel anything. So of course you can't somatic track, right? If you don't know that it's safe to do so, or your, your body doesn't know it's safe to do so, your brain doesn't know it's safe to do so. And again, this is at just letting your brain and body hear this can often and we're going to get into a little more detail on the safety piece as we go into the next one, which is number two, that you're trying to somatic track something that you do not yet have the capacity to be with or the skill to be with. So here's what I see as the other common thing happen. And again, myself. 100% was, <laughs> I still, I'm still guilty for doing this, even though I, I know, you know it, and I can catch myself now. We, we live in this really cool time where talking about mental health has become so much more accepted, right? Like therapy is totally fine. Like no one is, I mean, not no one, but right, like there's some people out there who have problems with it. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, I go to therapy. This is awesome. And talk therapy I absolutely think has its place in this work. It is just not the end all be all. So what I see is, I, I, this is what I see with talk therapy is that it's incredibly helpful. There is so much that just needs to be verbalized and said and held at the cognitive level. And then we need to take it a step further. So what I end up seeing happening though is that we stay in talk mode. We stay at the cognitive level and now our problems, problems, our past experiences, our childhood have been kind of talked 
over and over and over again. Meaning you're at the point where you're like, yeah, 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 I know I have childhood trauma and I know my, this happened and I have abandonment wounds and blah, blah, right? It's like, we have now intellectualized all of those things. It's like, yeah, I know I have it. And so we know they're there. All right. But they have not been processed through. Cognitively knowing they are there does not process them through in the body. That is, does not heal them. So, so like sometimes you will feel that like healing that does happen just by saying something out loud, but that's a very right embodied feeling that is happening in your body. If you're talking about traumatic things that happened or childhood wounds at this very like intellectual, like numbed out level, that's not, it's not healed in your body. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just the truth. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm very capable of doing this. Um, so here's what happens is that when then people learn about somatic tracking and how it can help with healing, they're like, oh, let me go to my deepest, darkest wound and somatic track that. When there's no safety yet to even be in the body, to even feel anything, to even feel like the anger that you have over just spilling your milk, right? Like if you don't have the safety to be with like a basic level of disappointment or anger or sadness from like something that just happened in your daily life, you do not have the capacity to be with a deep, dark wound. Because think about it like a skill level. It's like the equivalent of being like, I don't know how to swim, but I'm going to go jump off the high dive into the ocean with no lifeguard or, you know, life jacket on. Like it doesn't make sense. Like you wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's not a recipe for success have to build some skill first. We have to meet ourselves where we are and understand that we probably, you know, you can look at what your life was and chances are if you're listening to this, you might intellectually know this answer of, did you grow up in a home where it was safe to express your emotions? Do you know how to have a healthy expression of your emotions? And if the answer is no, welcome to the club. Neither do I, or neither did I, right? still learning how to healthily express some certain emotions. It's it's an ongoing skill. And there's nothing wrong with you that you don't know this because you weren't taught. You were not taught. Pretty much nobody was taught how to do this. And no, there's no like even one right way or way to do this. The whole irony is, is to learn how it's safe to be with your emotion requires turning inwards and like understanding your own system. But to turn inwards and understand your own system, you have to have safety to be with what comes up when you try to do this. So we just stay cycling above it all. Like just stay, stay cycling in this cognitive level and never go in. And you will stay cycling in that forever if we don't learn how to go inwards in a safe way. But it's got to be little bits at a time. And the other kind of irony to it is the slower we go, the more we just dip our toe in, oh my gosh, the faster you can move through the layers. When we work through it layer by layer, instead of trying to like ram in all at once, it work happens so much faster. Because when you're ramming into something that's so deep and painful, you just send your system, you just dissociate back out even further. You like add another layer that now needs to eventually be worked through. And again, it's okay. Like I can't even tell you how many freaking layers I had built up when I, by the time I got learned how to dip my toe in and not just try to ram in. Probably built up like five years worth of extra layers on top of everything else that was already underneath. Like that happens, we can still work with it. It's not a problem. I'm just trying to save you some uh, 
suffering that I put myself through by trying to do that over and over and over again. And I can tell you it doesn't work. And I have a long list of clients to show you evidence that that doesn't work. And it's because, again, nothing that you've done wrong. It's kind of what we're taught to do. It's like, oh, here's this deep wound. Let's just dive right in. Like, no, let's build some safety first. Let's build the capacity first. If you can't somatic track what your finger feels like right now without any emotion around it, we're not going to somatic track a really deep, dark wound. All right. Hope that was helpful. I feel like I could talk about that all day long. Next thing. This is like one of my favorite ones, this next one. Is that you didn't know you could somatic track certain things. So especially for those in the pain world who like maybe have read um, Alan Gordon's book, which again is a freaking fabulous resource. I love that book. But he only talks, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've read it, but I believe he really only talks about somatic tracking pain, like your pain. And the truth is you can somatic track a hell of a lot more than your pain. And I actually recommend somatic tracking way more things other than your pain. I actually don't somatic track pain like a whole ton in my work with people. We do it as needed, but like it's it's not the, fo- the focus. You can somatic track emotions. You can somatic track whatever's coming up in your body. So one, if you didn't know you could somatic track emotions, this is huge right here. If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably already knew that. But if you're brand new, then yes, you can somatic track emotions. So like when you are feeling rage at something, it's what does that feel like? in your body? Where does that live? What's the color? You know, going into all of those elements of somatic tracking. So knowing you can somatic track emotions is huge because what tends to happen, especially with those who try to somatic, who only think that they can somatic track pain is they go to somatic track. Let's say they have knee pain. They go to somatic track their pain, but so many emotions flood in because of that pain's presence and like now bringing attention to it, like fear and anxiety or anger, frustration, that now it's like there's so much up, right? So rather than trying to force yourself to somatic track the pain, you would actually step back into the emotions that are up around it, which we'll talk about that in a second too. But so... One, you can somatic track emotions. I'm not going to go into, well, I could, again, talk for an hour of how to somatic track emotions. We're not going to do that. Again, in my courses. So make sure you're signed up for those um, specials so you can learn more details. But two, the other things that you can somatic track that people do not realize is numbness, things like tingling, weakness, fatigue. You can somatic track like brain fog. All of those things you can somatic track. It's just knowing you can do it. Like, where's the brain fog? What kind of fog is it like? Where does it live? Is it in your head? Is it around your head? What does it feel like? Right? Same thing with numbness. There's like a heavy numbness or a, I can't even like avoid numbness. How big is the void? Where's the void? What are its boundaries? Is it black in the void or is it white in the void or some other color? Right? Like you can somatic track all of that. Again, you can somatic track weakness. Like what kind of weakness does it feel like? And again, we could go forever into details on that, but it's just knowing you could somatic track all these things. And fatigue is the other one. I know I mentioned it already, but I want to emphasize it more if you missed missed it when I said it, is fatigue is a huge one to somatic track, especially if you suffer with anything like chronic fatigue syndrome or you have fatigue because of chronic pain or any chronic illnesses. 
you get to you get you can somatic track all of that and work with it then because again the whole point of somatic tracking i know we like really haven't talked about the entire point of somatic tracking yet um but the whole point is then to work with these things and to understand them better so the yeah so we touched on the ones that you didn't know that you could somatic track certain things. So this is big. So if there are certain things that you just have been running into, um, this is huge. And then the other huge one, I knew I was leaving off one, is resistance. This is the biggest one that I see. I tried to somatic track and I couldn't do it. All right, what does the couldn't do it feel like? Where's the resistance? What really happened? Guess what? You get to somatic track that. You get to somatic track the barrier to looking inwards, not try to blow through it. What does that wall look like, right? For me, I know when I tried to do this work, I could not access anything below my head. It was like when I tried to go into my body, it was like a black wall between my head and my neck that was like, would not let me know what it felt like in my body. And I just tried to plow through it and plow through it. I tried to go around it. I tried to go over it. I tried to dig a tunnel, right? Like I was trying to use like, and people were guiding me through all these crazy tools of how to get through it. But my body wasn't safe for me to get through it. It did not feel safe to do that. It was only when I stepped back and somatic tracked the wall and then added some extra components, which I'll talk about in a second, that I was able to it dissolved on its own. It finally had the safety and the understanding to dissolve and to be processed through because it felt safe to do that. So again, you can somatic track barriers, things like that. Excuse me. All right. So the next one is, and again, some of these kind of bleed into each other, but is not, is, is not stepping back into the layers. So this is like resistance is a big one here. So let's say you're trying to somatic track something. You're like, okay, I want to track, you know, somatic track this, this grief that I'm feeling right now or this anger that I'm feeling right now. But when you go to do that, there's resistance that comes up. And it's like, I can't connect to it. It's like, that's usually how the resistant com- resistance might come is that like, there's all this, it feels like you can't like catch it, right? It's like, ah, I can't follow it. It's kind of gone. Or you're like, now you feel like, you're like, fuck no, I just want to turn away and get distracted. Now I'm going to want to scroll on my phone, things like that. Right, those are all resistance. So you want to step back into the resistance and then somatic track that first. Now, when it comes to layers, you can have a lot of layers. And I freaking love layers. <laughs> so excited with layers <laughs> because I am a dork. I don't know how else to say that. And this stuff is so exciting to me because it's so freaking cool. It is so cool what you can accomplish when you remember that you can step back into layers. So let's say, let's use rage as a really good one here because I see this one a lot. So you have rage. You're really fucking angry about something, whether it is just about having pain or something else that happened in your life. You go to feel it and instantly you're like, nope, can't touch that. It does not feel safe to touch that. All right, so you step back. What's the emotion there? And often it might be fear or it could be shame. Like it could, let's use fear as an example. It could be anything. You could have a million different things in response to your rage, okay? But let's say you're like, okay, no, there's fear of my own rage. There is fear 
that if I let this rage out, I will, I will kill someone or I will burn my house down, right? Like there can be some really big fear. So of course your body's not going to let you touch into it because it's like, oh my God, if you do, you might burn your house down. Like, thank God. Thanks body for, that's really, it's really protective. I appreciate that, right? So we step back into the fear and we explore the fear. Now let's say you're like, oh my God, What's wrong with me for having fear of this? I know it's just in my body. This is ridiculous. Now we have shame on top of it. So guess what? You get to step back into that shame. And then maybe you have guilt about having shame. You can step back into the guilt. And if you were like really like to be complex like me, you can have to go like seven layers back because now I have shame about having guilt about having shame. And then I kind of have some guilt about that. And then now I'm mad at myself, right? Like you could... (laughs) Literally keep going back into, sometimes you don't have to go back into any layers. And sometimes it's like eight layers back where you're like, okay, finally I can be with this. Here's the emotion I can be with. And then that's where you do the somatic tracking. Like you just keep stepping back of what can you be with to somatic track in the first place. I hope that makes sense. Again, I go into like way more depth with this. And this is something that's really helpful to like work on in the moment actively. So like, this is why I have group calls. This is why I do this work with people in real time, whether it's one-on-one or in my group calls, because it's sometimes sometimes something you just have to experience to fully understand or to fully like feel, not to understand, but to fully feel what that feels like. Because when you can step back into the like outermost layer of what you can have capacity to be with, what's really cool is often the other layers will like melt away. Not always. Sometimes you have to work through each layer. Sometimes you have to work through, you know, two of the layers, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just know what you need to do next. But a lot of times when you finally step back, it makes everything so much easier. And these big, scary, overwhelming things that felt like they were absolutely flooding your system just kind of melt away. And you're like, oh, look, what was the big deal? This was really cool. Now I can somatic track the the original thing I was trying to somatic track. All right. Lastly, okay, I feel like I'm blowing through these. That's okay. I guess this is going to be end up being a short episode because I'm trying to prevent myself from going on hour-long tangents of each of these. <laughs> and now I've done the exact opposite. I've actually made this way shorter than I intended. Okay, we're going into the last one though because this is a big one. It is not giving yourself a chance to learn the skill. I want you to all take a breath. Because I just said a whole bunch of things where now, you know, your brain might be like, oh, I gotta go try this and this and this and this. And if this last one is present, none of the tips and tricks will work. Because likely, unless you grew up knowing how to somatic track and with a safety to somatic track, which if you did, you're not listening to this episode. It is a brand new skill for you and there needs to be some grace and compassion and willingness to let yourself fail over and over at it before you learn how to do it it is really challenging to do often because it is such a paradigm shift with the way we tend to connect to your body If your form of connection with your body has been to resist it, to ignore it, to just constantly tell it how, what a failure it is and how it's ruining your life 
And, you know, because if you're saying these things to your pain, you're saying it to your body. And maybe you're just saying it to your body itself of like everything it's doing wrong and pointing out everything it's doing wrong. You are now essentially trying to, with somatic tracking, trying to sit down and have a conversation with it. And your body might not feel safe to do that. All right, this is where the safety piece comes in. So it might feel really freaking hard to do. And that is okay. Of course, you're just going to sit down. You might get distracted. A million things might flood in. In fact, your body might get actually really, really, this is the other one I see, is that your body actually gets really excited. Your body's like, oh my God, you're talking to me here. Let me dump all the shit on you. And you're like, oh my God, it's too much, right? Like, and you just flood in with like a million things and you can't somatic track anything because there's like so much flying around. Like all of that is, is protective responses in some way or another. But anyways, I digress a little bit. The point is, is that it's, it's going to feel messy. There's no like, quote unquote, like right way to do it. There are elements of somatic tracking that I do think should always be there. And ultimately, you have to figure out what works for you. Part of this learning a new skill is understanding that you are going to have to experience it for yourself in the way that works for your system exactly where it is right now. So this brings in, maybe I should have made this another point, but that's okay. We'll just wrap it into this one. Is I think because part of somatic tracking is really using this language of sensation, right? Giving it a color, a texture, what are its borders, what's its size, like getting really concrete about it. Like this is an essential part. We all also connect to our bodies in different ways. Some of us are gonna be really visual, so those cues like almost instantly make sense and we can, we get, we get it a little bit better. Other people, and I'm one of these, is I really don't see visual stuff. So I know for myself, when I was learning about this, I was like, I can't do it because I don't see anything in my head. Like I don't see an image, so how am I supposed to say what color it is? I don't see an image, so how am I supposed to know what the texture is? And I wouldn't ever let myself do it because I'm like, nope, I already fucked it up. I did it wrong. I can't see anything. This is impossible for me. That's it, right? But I wasn't giving myself to a chance to experience it how my body wanted to experience it. So for me personally, I experience things as just a knowing. I can get actually now really freaking descriptive of what is going on, but I don't really see it. Like I sort of see something now, but I like I might describe something as red and I'm like, I know it's red, but like if I really pay attention to like what I'm seeing with my eyes closed, right? It's not even, it's like a, a gray blob. Cause like my visual, like I don't have that like mental imaging that some people have at all. <laughs> and I, I literally used to just see black. Like I literally could never see, I had no idea that when people are like, oh, imagine, you know, yourself sitting on a beach that people like actually could imagine that like could see a beach around them. That like blew my mind when I learned that. I was like, what? I just see black. <laughs> but I could tap into the feeling and the knowing of what it's like to be on a beach if I let myself, once I allowed myself to do it and to experience it that way. And the cool thing is, is as I've done that, I have started to have more visual images come in where again, it used to be just blackness. I used to never see anything. Now I actually do see things, but like, if I could take a picture and show someone, I don't think any, like, they'd just be all blobby. Like, there's, 
Anyways, it's, it's, a, it's totally unimportant what I, what I experience because you might experience it very, very differently is really what I'm trying to get at. I just want to make, like normalize the fact that like not everyone's going to see it visually. Sometimes it comes in as a knowing. Sometimes it comes in way more as a he- like hearing, like you connect much more to the sounds of it. So tap into those questions more of like, what does it sound like? What's its quality? If you like knocked on it, what would be the you know sound there? We just try trying to give it concrete qualities is the whole point. Try to take it from abstract to concrete qualities. Someone in my um, group connects to smells. She's like, I can smell it. Oh, freaking awesome. I can't smell anything. I mean, you know, when I do these, I never smell anything, but she can. Awesome. So it's like, let's then tap into the smell of it, right? Maybe people are more like kinesthetic. So it's more like, what does it feel like if you were to touch it? And so again, this takes learning a skill and nobody can do this for you. Nobody is going to perfectly describe it for you. You might get lucky and whoever, you know, maybe the way I experience things happens to be similar to, to you. So you're like, oh, cool. Okay, now I kind of get it. But I might not describe what works for you because I don't know what works for you because I don't even know to experience it, right? Because it doesn't, because I don't experience it. So we need to allow this process to unfold for you and give yourself permission for it to unfold for you. And often this is where we really sometimes need to step back and look at this lens of perfectionism that we may be wearing or just noticing, oh, wow, I'm looking at this through the eyes of I should already know how to do this. And if you are not allowing yourself to learn how to do it, to get messy, to have it be awkward, to have a, you know, a, a intentional time of doing it and accomplish, like feeling like you accomplished absolutely nothing. You're always accomplishing something, but totally fucking it up and feeling like you got nowhere. If you're not allowing for that, you will get nowhere. You will never then get better at it. I think we really underestimate how much our perfectionism tendencies hold us back. Ultimately, holding perfectionism is actually holding an incredibly low bar for yourself because you can never do anything. You can never learn. You can never grow if you're expecting yourself to be perfect because it means you never get to do anything new or expand because expansion and growth is messy. It feels messy. It feels uncomfortable. And sometimes just allowing yourself to be in the messy is the ultimate catalyst for growth. So start to notice, where am I just giving up really quickly? Where am I sitting down trying to do this work? And then all of a sudden, you know, a thought comes flying in. You're like, fuck it. I can't do this. See, I suck at this. And no judgment. I can say that like that because that's what I did over and over and over again. It's just being like, do you have the willingness to be like, oh, wow, I'm throwing in the towel so quickly. I'm not even giving myself a chance to try. What if instead, when that happened, or when it felt like you were just hitting a wall, or when it felt like things weren't going quote unquote right, you were like, of course they're not. I'm learning a brand new freaking skill that has not only has never been taught to me, but has also intentionally or unintentionally, however you want to look at it, been not taught and almost... Have, has been taught as something that is wrong to do. 
right? Going inwards and listening to our bodies is not appreciated at all in our culture, right? There's no space for it. Again, there's so many subtle ways this happens that I've talked about many times. Again, just from a a pain perspective, right? Just from the time of when we, we fall as kids and skin our knees and start crying and we're told, get up, you're fine. No, you're not fine. Like you skinned your knee. You're allowed to have a moment of cry about it. It's not a big deal, right? But we're like, nope, nope, can't trust what you're feeling internally, right? Or just like you are forced to finish your plate when you're no longer hungry. Forced to eat something that makes your insides want to hurl, right? That like gives you like a vomity response. It's like, nope, but you got to eat your vegetables. They're starving kids in Africa, right? All those things are just showing us that we cannot trust that wisdom of our bodies. And so from a very young age, we are taught to almost fear that or to turn away from it. So to then turn towards it intentionally, of course it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to be hard. You've done nothing wrong. And if growth is what you're after, if transformation of your life is what you're after, if shifting from waking up every single day, fearing what the day is going to bring because of your pain, if you're noticing your life is continuously shrinking and you are losing out on things that you used to once love to do, you can't even imagine what life would be like without pain now, and you don't want that to be the case anymore, this is the work that is going to benefit you, that will shift you out of that. Because we have to examine what is going on in our inner worlds. And again, there's a multitude of ways to do that. I teach my favorite ways to do that. The way I teach it is from a perspective of working with my own system and I don't even know how many dozens of women who's, and, and men too, it's actually not just women. Men, this applies to as much. It, I do it from this perspective of people who are very comfortable living in their cognitive intellectual brains. So if that is you, then consider this work. Consider learning this to be able to transform your own life. And being able to wake up and know that whatever comes that day isn't something that you need to hold all this fear and anxiety about, but it's just this feeling of like, I can, I can make it through. I can make it through. I will be able to figure out whatever is thrown at me. And in doing so, when we start to lose that fear and anxiety, when we start to deeply understand it and work with it, that is what allows us and allows it to be processed through your body so your body can let go of it so it's no longer holding on to it so it's no longer holding on to this hyper vigilance this constant threat detection of anything that's happening in your environment which just leads to chronic pain that can be let go through this work so if you know you're walking around with a system that is overly alert to everything is overly anxious about everything and fearful of what could happen then this is the exact work that will help you shift out of that and so if this sounds good make sure you are signed up for the black friday specials so you can get in on this work for a really good price because why not right 
Um, I'm always available for calls to figure out which thing might be right for you or what your next best step is or if this, you know, if there's hesitations or questions you have, please reach out, DM me on Instagram. Honestly, that's a great way to do it. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is DMing me on Instagram or shoot me an email. My email will be in the um, show notes, whatever that's called. <laughs> and but, but get on the email list or get on the VIP or whatever it's called, the list for the Black Friday specials. Yeah, it is VIP list, I suppose. I don't think I have that written anywhere, but you are getting the first exclusive access to being able to dive into this work at some really freaking good offers. So get in on that. Give yourself the opportunity to, to change your life, to change your life. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you know anyone else who could also benefit from this work, please feel free to share that link with them, share this episode with them, share this podcast with them. Just send it on over and you really could change a life just by sharing this. Um, Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time. Bye.